We're in 2 Timothy chapter 2. It struck me this week as preparing for this sermon, which really is an answer to a question somebody posed to me during this week. It was on a text thread with one of you. She is here. She's one of my f- heroes of the faith. I think th- more of this lady than almost anybody on earth. I'm telling you, she's amazing. I'm not going to say her name, but if you look around and see somebody turning really red, it might be her. And she was just texting about the world, and she's, maybe she just watched the news or whatever, and there's just a lot of things going on. And then, and then she's got grandkids ra- being raised right now, and she's just so concerned about faithfulness and being able to get the to, uh, to uh, embody this life of faith in a world that offers so many alternatives, so many counterfeits, so many easy, fun ways that seem independent, but really they're destructive to your faith. And she was asking, how are we going to keep our kids and our grandkids faithful? What are we going to do? And, and we talked about this, and, and I, I got to thinking, that's exactly what this chapter in 2 Timothy chapter 2 is about. It's Paul writing to Timothy, saying, Timothy, you're in a very difficult context. It's hard. What can we do? And so Paul offers such great insight in this chapter, I think fits perfectly into that question and into our context. 2 Timothy chapter 2. It's already been read, but I want to go up a little bit and I want to just kind of describe this. Avoid, verse 16 of 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we talked about this last time in detail, but avoid irreverent babble. It will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection's already taken place. We talked about that last time. And they're upsetting the faith of some. There's so much going on in the world, y'all, that upsets the faith of some of our people. Not just this kind of doctrine, but so much other stuff. And the first thing Paul wants Timothy to know is this next line, but God's foundation stands firm, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. What in the world is that? You'll notice it's in quotations because it's a It's a quote or citation from the Old Testament. Let me just take you back in the Old Testament for a second. Numbers chapter 16, Moses leading the people through the wilderness. And suddenly, one guy gets up and decides, you know what, you're no more important than the rest of us. He quotes a kernel of truth, blows it out of proportion, and becomes divisive. He says, they assembled themselves together against Moses, Korah and Dathan and Abiram. Against Moses and Aaron said, you have gone too far for everyone in the congregation is holy. Every one of them, the Lord's among us. Why then are you so special? Why are we following you? Why do you have a say? Why do we have to submit to you? And they become divisive. Moses responds to this by falling on the ground, fell on his face. He didn't respond to it. He didn't argue with them. He didn't even defend himself and his position. He left it all to God. And he said to Korah in the morning, God knows those who are his, and he's going to show us who they are. We're going to let God settle this. So in the morning, they all got censers, and they stood before God. God said to Moses and Aaron, separate yourself from this group. In other words, back up, Moses and Aaron, and they smartly backed up. Then Moses, speaking for God, said to the congregation, 
Depart, please. I love that. Depart, please, from the iniquity of these people. You separate yourself from these people. If you're with them, stay there. But get away from them if you recognize their iniquity and you want to stay away. And so nearly the entire congregation, the whole nation, back away. Everybody's backed away, and then God answers. The earth opens up its mouth, swallows Dathan, Nathan, and Abiram, all go down into the ground, and it crushes them, and they're gone. You can't see any residue of them at all. Moral of the story, God protects his real people. And that's the message First message Timothy wants to tell Paul, uh, Paul wants to tell Timothy, I want you to know the body that meets there, the church of, what are they, the church of Christ, they're God's people. God knows those He's going to take care of them. Have confidence that God's going to take care of his church. And can I tell you the number one response I want to give you and text to this lady is God takes care of his people. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus said, even the gates of hell will not prevail against it? Is that true? There's confidence in that church that this is God's. He's going to take care of it. He's more interested than you are in taking care of his body. Well, that's part of the answer. There's a second thing he wants to tell him. I want to clarify what your your goals are, Timothy. Number one, this is from last time. Seek and sustain God's approval. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. I want you to just say this. I want, above all things, to make sure I'm right with God. I cannot, I can't answer all the counterfeits. I can't even know what all the counterfeit truths are out there. I can't answer and argue with every aberration that's out there, but I can sure know I can know the truth and I can teach the truth. You can't outpuke a buzzer. Don't try. But keep your eyes on God and make sure he's pleased. Young people, you can go to sleep right after this. Get this if you get nothing else. More than anything else, we want to please God. We want to make sure he is happy with us that we are right with him, and come what may, everything else. But that we want to do. That's the first goal to keep in Timothy's mind. But I want you to look at the second one because it's really important that we get this. It's in verses 25 and 26. Correcting your opponents with gentleness. That's the last in a list of four. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. I want you to preach the truth, Timothy. Make sure that you you teach the truth, you embody the truth. You don't have to answer all the stuff that's out there, but you need to present the truth. And when you present the truth, God may grant them repentance. This is huge. When somebody repents, who is moving them to do so? Is it a good sermon? Is it the preacher? No. We are presenting the truth so that people can be confronted the way they're living and the way God wants, the the truth of God against the falsehood of the world. 
we need to do our job, but God is the one who grants repentance. This is amazingly liberating for us. We are not the agents of repentance. We are the presenters of the truth. God then uses that to move people to repent. So Timothy, remember what your goal is. You're not to win this fight. You're not to win this debate. You're not the the one that has to make sure that this gets righted. You present the truth, rightly divided. God will grant the repentance. Okay. So that's that's our job to do. Here's where we get to the part that I love. This is the practical stuff. Timothy then, or Paul then says to Timothy, okay, and by the way, you're going to be in a world where there's lots of competition for this. Now, this person I was texting with, we decided by the end of our text conversation that we'd like to move our families to the hills of Montana where no one else lives. Has anybody ever wanted to move to the hills and leave the world behind? Yeah, okay, we want to do that, but you can't do that, right? We're supposed to be in the world, not of the world. We're supposed to win. the. So we can't do that, even though that's very attractive to us, but what can we do? Timothy, you need to flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, peace, and love. Righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Timothy, you need to continue growing up. You need to mature, and you need to leave behind some things, and you need to pursue toward righteousness. I want you to major in your maturity. You just keep growing up. And even those of you who are older, please constantly be moving toward maturity. Even if you've been a Christian for 50 years and you're 67 years old, please be growing Please be moving in the direction of peacefulness and stronger faith and greater righteousness. Be maturing. And the way you do that, I love that the chapter, let's look at this verse. I want you to look at it with me because we often look at all the words and forget the how at the end of the verse. Along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. You hang with the people who are likewise trying to mature. You make sure that you're going, we're never going to be perfect, but we're going to be a group of people who try. And the way that you get better at maturing and trying is you hang with other people who are maturing and trying. You can't do this by yourself, and you can't live out there in a world that's going the opposite direction. But if you will pursue, leave behind the youthful passions, and pursue maturity along with everyone else, keep your young people in Church, in the fellowship, and then when they hit college, keep them in church. And then when you become a young adult, can you graduate? No, keep them in the body. And as you have your children, what's the best thing you can do? Keep them in the body, growing, you maturing, others maturing. And as you get middle age and you become open, open nesters. Empty nesters. That's where I am. I'm not maturing for my kids anymore. I mean, I am. I need to always... You're maturing for you. You're maturing for your Lord. You're maturing for everyone else that you're in the fellowship of maturing with. I desperately need... Bill Harris to keep maturing. I need Mary Lee Cunningham to keep 
on the journey. I need Eulalia at 95 to continue maturing. We all do. You're never going to graduate out to where you no longer need it. We've got to keep on it. This is what you do. So let's keep growing and let's keep growing together and share our maturity with each other. And when I'm stumped or when I'm burying my father, I'm going to remember Chris. And when you see that, put that in your memory bank because you're going to need it. Second, always, 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 always be kind. Can I tell you, this is the hardest one for me on this list? It doesn't seem like it. It shouldn't be. And in our interactions, if I'm one-on-one with you, you will know I'm kind. But can I tell you this? I've I've learned this in the last week. This is another reason why uh, this passage has become so relevant to me. So Fern tells me, Fern, have you noticed, has no filter? Have you all noticed that? And she will tell you anything. And she will tell you it at full volume. She won't whisper, take me to the side. Mm -mm. It's full view, right? And here she comes. Mr. Spencer, you sound so angry. And I'm just like, that's just fine. That's just fine, right? No, there's other people that will even tell me. And so I decided, you know, and every five or six weeks I go back and I watch old sermons of mine. It's one of the most gruesome, horrible things to have to but I watched that thing and this past week I was watching last week's I loved the sermon I loved it was textual it was true there was nothing there was nothing untrue about it I would stand by every word and I got good enough sleep the day before I wasn't mad at anybody but as I kept rewinding these certain parts I would just look at that and go you sound so mad you sound like you're fighting somebody and even, even someone texted me that this week, or you know, something going on this week that made you... And I, I was just like, what? You know, here's the funny thing is, I, I, if you would have asked me after the sermon was over how it went, I was oh, it was peaceful. And, but I watched it back and I thought, wow, that's like I, onward Christian soldiers would have been the song right before the sermon, right? Do we care about how we come across? Does it matter how I am perceived and received. That's a problem, and so I've inserted some things where I'm going to stop every once in a while and just think, okay, mate, check your, check your tone here, because you know, I'm not used to that. I'm a, I'm a person I really believe something I'm passionate about, and I just go out there. And I, but here's what Paul tells Timothy. Timothy, whatever you do, not only are you to be kind, but you are to per- be perceived as kind You care how it's received. And that sermon last week, while true, just didn't seem that way. It seemed kind of mean. And I I could say, well, I don't care it was the truth. You just need to tell the truth no matter what. No, that's what Paul's telling Timothy. We live in a world where how you say it matters. You need to care about that. Being hateful is no way to adorn the truth, ever. It will assure you that it never actually gets heard. Well, I'm disappointed with people who don't represent the truth or don't, don't embody the truth, even don't agree with the truth. It's never a time for me, no matter what that is, to be unkind. Always be kind. 
always be able to teach, he says. Be able to explain to someone kindly, carry that over, kindly teach. This means, y'all, you do not have to be able to debate. I hear people say this all the time. If I bring it up and they have an answer, and I, I don't. Listen, he doesn't tell you when the debate. Our world has no business debating. Because if you noticed, nobody debates anything of substance. All they do is start using a bunch of words and attacking the personality and trying to win the soundbite for the, 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 the news in the evening. Nobody talks about the real issue at all. And that's the way we're trying to win. We're trying to attack and try to make the person look small. Paul never says win the debate. He never even says win the argument. What he does say is, Timothy, you've got to be able to explain to someone why this is important to you. When you feel strongly about something, why do you feel strongly about it? That means there's some standard of truth that you're using to get to your feeling strongly. You need to be able to go to that standard of truth and explain it. And even if somebody doesn't accept that standard or doesn't like how you explain it, you must be able to teach it and represent it. And this is doctrine, right? Know why you believe what you believe and say it kindly. And then he says, thirdly, patiently endure evil. It's an acknowledgement. It's an admission. Listen, when you preach the truth, when you represent the truth, there are going to be people who treat you unkindly. If you don't know that from reading Scripture, you need to read Scripture more. It's just going to be part of how it goes. And if someone speaks evil of you, we are trained from when we are little to say we respond with kindness. When somebody treats you ill, you respond by doing good. That's what we're taught in the pages of Scripture, and that is what we gather around the table for. Not only is it our atonement that we're gathered around this table for, but it's to look at Jesus and go, how can I be like that? And it's, he offers us footsteps that we may walk in them, First, Tim, First Peter chapter 2. And so as we gather around this table, yes, we celebrate the atonement, but we are also given our marching orders do as God would have you do, and when they treat you ill, do not let any, any kind of response come out of your mouths that is unwholesome and mean, vengeful. All the way through this, he's combining doctrine with your demeanor. Doctrine with your demeanor. And if you, don't, if you fail on either one of doctrine or demeanor, they both fall. That's true. If you, don't, if you don't honor both, they both fall. On the other hand, when you get them right, when you can tell the truth of why you believe the way you believe in a kind, compassionate, gentle way, that's the powerful witness we're after. Don't respond in kind, but with kind. Be patient with it. Endure it. Outlast it. Shine brighter than the darkness by never entering that darkness yourself. And finally, it's almost redundant. Correct your opponents with gentleness. When they respond and it's a way that's incorrect, teach them the truth. Respond to them, but remember kindness back there. Respond to them in gentleness. Correct in the correct way. No name-calling no personality shout-outs. 
correct positions don't combat people. We know the situation Timothy was in, very much like our own. And Paul says to Timothy, listen, God's got this. He's going to take care of his church. And may we always know that. May that give us great confidence. And may we know that our job is to make sure that we are pleasing God, that we are approved by God by rightly dividing the, the word and that we're teaching the truth. And, and when you wonder in the actual battle in our world of how to behave when you're in the midst of this conflict, remember to watch out for the what. What am I doing? And watch out for the how. Pay attention to the verb and pay attention to the adverb that modifies the verb. Be present kindly teach ably endure patiently and correct gently that's what we're called to do in the midst of this and while that may not seem enough while that may seem too small while the opposition may seem so strong and this is too little we serve a God who's protecting his church and his people and the rest belongs to God. You do what he calls for you and trust God with the rest. That's how we're to be in a world that opposes us. If there's anyone who's never responded to the truth, it is open for you right now to respond. In this assembly, we're waiting. Someone to name the name of Jesus as Savior and Lord. Someone to be immersed introduced into a new spiritual life or someone who's done that and for whatever reason needs to look into our face and confess or ask for strength and this morning we stand ready to do any of that that's your need as we stand and as we sing